0: Hello and welcome to the Decrypting Crypto Podcast. It's November 16th, 2023, and this is Off Chain, your weekly recap of the biggest stories in the crypto space. I'm Matthew House Barbie, and as always, I'm here with Austin Knight. How are you doing, Austin?
1: I'm doing well, Matt. Uh yeah. What a what what an interesting time in the markets. Uh, you know, I was looking at this, I saw this tweet the other day, and gosh, this information is is already out of date. But think about <laughs> this. It says this was from Scott Melker, uh, and I found this super interesting. He said, if you started dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin roughly at the dead top of the last cycle, which was 69 k buying $100 a week, then you have spent $10,000 and your position is worth $13,431. You're up 34.31%. <laughs> That's if you started at the dead top, right? And I, actually, I love think it. that, I mean, I think your gain would be even more now because the <laughs> The the uh the, the trade value has has gone up since then. But it's just uh it's wild to think about that, isn't it?
0: I know that we're back because I've been getting FOMO every <laughs> fucking night. <laughs> I'm like, it's taken you know, <clears throat> I love it. During the like the the depths of the bear market, I'm like the best trader ever. I'm just like disciplined. Okay, I'll just uh place time-based uh, I'll, I'll play like price-based bets no silly stuff consolidate portfolio made some good trades loading up on eth and btc at low points this year and then i'm like okay just no silly trades don't chase narratives great none of that the smallest inkling of the bull market creeps in and i'm in like the depths of some unknown blockchain looking at this random project like maybe this could 100x should i should i buy this crap token and i'm just like oh jesus christ we need to get out of this but that's when i know we're back i know we're back yeah. when i'm getting fomo and it's uh it it has surprised me it it has surprised me in all honesty how um how far reaching the the rally's been in all honesty mm-hmm. you know we've mm-hmm. we've had bits with like btc and in particular, what I think has been interesting is so <clears throat> we're going to talk about this today around the e t f you have a narrative that is pumping bitcoin e t f you have a narrative that is pumping eth the eth e t f which we'll talk a little bit about everything else there's no real clear narrative like sol like Solana has had the mother of all breakouts. I'm not sure if you've seen the chart. It's just, (laughs) I've been trying to get my head around it. I'm like, what's going on here? The NFT market has been on fire, which I know we talked about in uh, the deep dive we did last week, but that has continued to rally. And we're seeing this happen at huge levels in, in the Solana ecosystem in particular. Solana and NFT space has been blowing up. And on top of this, and this is when I know things are kind of far-reaching, and there's just a lot of degens involved here, is old <laughs> meme tokens reaching new highs. Yeah, you know, I <clears throat> there was a token that I remember in, what year was it? 2022. In fact, it was December 2022. And <clears throat> someone said to me, there's this meme coin that is going to launch on Solana, and it's one of the first big meme tokens to go on solana it's gonna just pump i guarantee it you should just go buy a little back of it and it's called bonk and i was like no <laughs> all right like, i was just like i have lost so much portfolio value this year the last thing i need in my life is a meme token and then it absolutely <laughs> rallied to it, it was like I like 10,000%, right? Something absurd where if I'd have just put like a, uh, like a thousand bucks in it, it would have been wonderful. Um, Of course I didn't, right? And then I'd look back and (laughs) by chance I was like, man, what's going on? I'm looking through these prices. I wonder what some of the old meme tokens are doing. I wonder what that bonk token is doing lo and behold the bonk token has had another <laughs> massive rally which which is just like wild and i think in times like this it is super important to keep discipline don't go chasing stuff just stick to your kind of like your plan um and as as hard as it can can kind of be sometimes but it it's it, it's exciting you know i while I'm not going to participate in a lot of this stuff, I love to see it. I, I love to see the liquidity flowing again, the juices are, are pumping, and now people are excited. And it's uh, it's been a long, a long cold winter.
1: Matt, you're so poised and mature you're actually sitting on the sidelines i can't believe it
0: i'm buying i'm I'm buying bonk right now Uh, (laughs) as we speak this is all a lie uh, you know
1: you know what i'm doing i'm trading in all of my bitcoin and i'm buying a ferrari direct because apparently ferrari is accepting bitcoin as a payment now if that's not a sign of cryptomania i don't know what is
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this this I fully believe to be the truth from you. Uh, <laughs> ah, good times. Well, uh, listen. Why don't we why don't we jump in? Because you know we're going to talk a little bit about the kind of ETF mania. And I the the I have a lot of conversations. Obviously, from being in my my role at Kraken, you know, I I get to speak to a lot of the institutions and. Uh, the market makers, and we're involved in like a lot of the regulatory compliance side. So I have to kind of understand the nuance of a lot of this stuff at a really granular level that, you know, prior to this, I probably had very, very vague surface level knowledge, which tells me that most people either are not interested or don't have a nuanced view of like the the reasons behind why the ETF is truly important and the compliance landscape and stuff. So um, I wanted to like dig in a little bit there to explain why the ETF is important and share a few takes on... What this actually like really means, cutting through a lot of the crap that I see on on Twitter, um, and then <clears throat> I know that you're going to do a bit of a deep dive into into the the Moon's project from from Reddit, which is you know has been through a lot of turmoil uh, of of oh, late. Yeah. But um, that, that'll be a great one to dig into. So so why don't we why do we start with the ETF stuff? We'll, we'll jump into that first. ETF mania has gripped the crypto space. And, you know, this all kicked off earlier in the year with the big catalyst, really coming in the wind that Grayscale had in their um, Bitcoin investment trust uh, beating the SEC in in their court case. Now, I'm not going to dig into that because we've covered that previously. What I am going to talk about is why... An ETF is actually important uh, because I don't think actually many people from certainly my uh, surface level views on on Twitter and some of the takes I've seen there like actually appreciate what this really means. Um, And the, the key thing here to understand with the ETF is the current situation in just being able to buy Bitcoins. So large regulated financial institutions like <clears throat> mutual funds pension funds are where the lion's share of investment dollars exist in the world today we're talking like trillions of dollars that are deployed through these funds and today they these funds either can't buy or they from from an actual like regulatory compliance perspective they are not allowed to uh, buy Bitcoin, or they just find it too difficult or risky to, to buy Bitcoin today. And <clears throat> this comes down to two main reasons. There's a lot of other stuff, but this is the main things and the, the most important thing to get your head around, right? On the compliance side, most regulated funds can actually only invest in regulated financial products. That is a mandate for them. Buying Bitcoins directly is not a regulated financial product. that's unregulated. The fund <clears throat> would not have the required protections to allow them to invest. Even if they figured out the whole like, actually where the hell they would go and buy them, how they would on-ramp, uh, how they would store them. It doesn't matter, they're, they're blocked out of the gate. They cannot do it. So that is that is actually the most important. The second piece is even if they were allowed, um, and, so, and in some cases, some major funds, technically would be allowed to do this, but then they run into the custody issue, which is the second piece. Like large funds can't actually hold BTC themselves, like managing private keys, like who in the fund does that? Like what, how, like, what are the backup plans for if things go wrong? They're, they're not going to be the ones managing the private keys. So they have to work with a custody provider, which is a company that actually holds and manages the security of the Bitcoin for them this comes with additional risk right They have to trust that the custodian which would be a regulated entity I will add um, <clears throat> can actually manage all of the uh, the the bitcoins for them and then they've even just got to figure out you know if they have to liquidate stuff. Working with the custodian to actually do that and with this major exchanges, etc. You know, cracker, we do a lot of this with big, large funds. It's it's obviously comes with additional risk for for a lot of them. So <clears throat> that's the most important piece to understand is this isn't just like, oh, this is bullish because, you know, it's a it's a stamp of approval from the the regulators. Yeah, but because of that, the big the reason why this is bullish is now all of these institutions that have been sitting on the sidelines, that, that believe it or not, large pension funds, mutual funds, they do want exposure to Bitcoin. No, they're not going to be deploying like 20% of their, their fund towards Bitcoin. It's going to be like probably a fraction of a percent. But when you're talking the numbers that, that they have, it is seriously significant. They do want exposure and this will be an immediate boost to liquidity. So that's like a key piece to understand. But if I just take a step back and if any of you listening are not actually that familiar with what an ETF is in the first place, let me give like the super, super quick primer. So ETF stands for exchange traded fund. It kind of comes in two flavors, right? So it's ultimately, it's an investment vehicle, gives investors exposure to one or more assets, right? in a really simplified way. So you you buy shares in an ETF, just like you would buy shares in a company, right? You can buy them through Robinhood or eToro or whatever your brokerage is, right? Um, so for example, let's say you want, one of the most common ways, right, is say you want exposure to the wider cloud computing sector, but you don't want to have to pick a winner, right? You don't want to just buy Amazon stock and you definitely don't want to have to buy the individual stocks of like 10 or 20 different uh, cloud computing companies because <clears throat> that's a lot of work and maybe you don't quite have the liquidity and figuring out how to spread that out etc etc what you could do is you could buy for example wisdom trees uh cloud computing etf right ticker is wcld this is not a in in any way a promotion of that particular etf it's just one that i know quite well And what it does is it tracks an index that is made up of a basket of securities, right? Cloud computing stocks. So there's an index that I believe is run by Bessemer Partners and it includes Adobe, HubSpot, Asana, Amazon, and a whole host of other stocks in an index in the same way that you get kind of the S&P 500, right? Um, And they hold a basket of those assets and wrap it all up into an ETF. So you can get kind of like a more balanced set of exposure to a specific sector. The other piece, and this is kind of what the Bitcoin ETF is, is you've got a spot ETF, which tracks the spot price of an asset that again, uses an index. And just to be clear, spot price, we're talking about like the actual realized price of an asset that is that it's traded for, not the futures, contracts, or anything like that. Um, it uses an index, for example, like the Bitcoin Reference Rate New York Index, which is tracking the, the price of BTC. It then enables anyone to buy shares in the ETF, and they get direct exposure to Bitcoin without without Having to buy the underlying asset, you don't need to custody BTC. You just buy shares in the Bitcoin spot ETF, and it is, <clears throat> for all intents and purposes, just like owning BTC. Except you get to pay a nice management fee on top, and you don't have to actually manage the custody. The creators of the ETF, so in the case of Bitcoin, they, uh, in the case of the Bitcoin ETF, like <clears throat> BlackRock or you know WisdomTree actually doing one, and you know Ark and all the others. They have to purchase um, the underlying asset and manage the custody, either themselves or, as I mentioned previously, through a custody partner, more often than the case the latter, of that kind of underlying asset so that they can fulfill redemptions at any time, right? If they have, like, um, every time that they're issuing new shares of the ETF, there needs to be a one-to-one redemption of Bitcoin, which, of course, means there is... Liquidity coming in and is creating price uh, impact on, on Bitcoin itself in a positive way. So that's good. So <clears throat> that's, that's what an ETF actually is. But there's also a couple of different flavors that we've kind of heard. There are Bitcoin ETFs out there already. There are ETH ETFs out there already, but they are futures ETFs. And that is very different from a spot ETF. <clears throat> the the most kind of the key thing here, right? If we just take a spot Bitcoin ETF and we take a futures, like a derivatives-based <clears throat> ETF, the underlying asset that is is being purchased uh, to, to kind of support the ETF and what it's ultimately giving exposure to in a spot B- Bitcoin ETF is actual Bitcoins. In a futures ETF for Bitcoin, it's Bitcoin futures contract. So you've got direct exposure to Bitcoin on the spot and indirect exposure on the derivative-based ETF. So there's no in the in a futures Bitcoin ETF, there's no actual custody of Bitcoin. It's not backed by Bitcoins. It's backed through futures contract. Um, whereas on the spot, it is actually like backed by real custody of Bitcoins itself. So you know the the, the, the regulatory landscape for futures ETFs is well-established now. There's plenty of them out there. You can do that at any point, but it, it doesn't have the same impact on uh, Bitcoin price and the market as a whole, and also it's just slightly different. It's uh, There's more risk involved uh, with having like um, indirect exposure like this versus in a spot ETF. So if we just take a little breath, what happens when a Bitcoin spot ETF actually goes live. First of all, as I mentioned before, <clears throat> all of those large regulated funds, those institutions like pension funds, etc., can now buy Bitcoin in a regulated way where they don't even need to figure out the issue of custody. That's great, wonderful. And it's worth remembering, crypto is set to become the top performing asset class of 2023 with BTC leading the way even better. you know. That's, that's just like driving the narrative of why these funds would allocate a portion of their portfolio. So all of these funds will begin <coughs> gaining exposure and even just a tiny percent of their overall overall portfolio will be an enormous amount of liquidity. And just to be clear, that's what this will be. This will be small amounts of their portfolio across a huge amount of funds. Uh, so there's an enormous amount of liquidity coming in. And as I mentioned before, any time ETF shares are issued, more Bitcoins, more BTC, are directly purchased by the ETF provider or the intermediary that's kind of like an AP that's that's managing that. Um, And this positively and directly impacts BTC price. That's the key. That is the key here. It just makes it so much easier for anyone to gain exposure to bitcoins without worrying about custody you know it, it's worth going out this isn't just for big financial institutions that's the that's kind of the bull story here and the big narrative but for anyone you know like yourself listening yeah your, your friends parents anyone retail and just buy it buy bitcoin exposure like any other stock fire your brokerage uh and it'll have the liquidity to to sell i think this removes a lot of the risk and complexity in buying btc um, which i think is needed uh, but it's also fulfilling the compliance and regulatory needs of of the large funds so i just yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a critical it's a critical investment vehicle for, for us to have for the space
1: it really feels that way. And I mean, especially, you know, for, for me, is it is it something that I would personally use? Not really, because I see so much value in the utility of Bitcoin and actually, you know, <clears throat> storing my own, uh, having custody over, over my own currency, right? But for somebody that maybe isn't really that bought into that and just kind of sees it as like an asset class or an investment vehicle or, or you know, a security, can we say that? <laughs> However you want to put it. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah asterisk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> whatever whatever you think it is, um, you know, this is just so much more approachable of a way to to gain exposure to it. I'm, I'm so curious though, Matt, like how much of this do you think is priced in at this point? Because obviously, and I know this is purely speculative, but like we've, we, you know, Obviously, Bitcoin has pumped. We've seen people saying like, oh, it's going to be 100K plus when the ETF actually hits. (laughs) We've seen like Sailor is doubling down and tripling down and 100Xing down, whatever it is that he does. (laughs) Um, I mean, where do you think we're actually at in terms of like that real price impact that something like this could have to Bitcoin? And what does that cycle look
0: like? I think that... There's two things to think about here, first of all is the like the initial surge that 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 comes from like the news event right the news event I think <clears throat> parts of that have been priced in, but this this fresh rally has probably told me that the actual event is is gonna potentially be pretty big i like this is <clears throat> I'll caveat all of this with like you know this is my personal opinion, not financial advice of course, but my my take on this is especially if we see the ETF approved in January which is actually what I would prefer this is all in the background of right we've just <clears throat> what was it this week we've seen a and pretty amazing CPI print in in the US right inflation coming down way more than what we thought in the UK exactly the same, coming down huge amount. In fact, since the start of the year, inflation is now halved in the UK. And the UK has been by far and away one of the worst spots of any developed economy right now. The The fiscal tightening, I think, is over. And we are going to begin the narrative of when is the fiscal loosening going to mm-hmm. kind of start happening, which basically translates into more liquidity being available, cheaper debt, more openness to taking risks what this etf will do in over a sustained period of time which is what i think we have really been missing is this creates a sustained influx of liquidity this is this this in my opinion is not just going to be like a one big one pump and it's done this is sustained liquidity that is going to happen and a whole new kind of class of institutional liquidity coming into, into the market. And it's not just going to be BTC, which we'll talk about in a second, but for me, I actually feel very optimistic about what this makes 2024 look like um, and beyond. And uh, I I feel very optimistic actually for this. I think that the news event could actually be a a really nice big one. Um, I, I think we, you know, if it happens this year, we probably pass 40K pretty easy. Will that sustain? I'm not sure. But I think what we, this gives us is enough liquidity in the market, new buyers um, of of Bitcoin to create a sustained rally. And don't forget, there's another big event happening next year. The Bitcoin halving. they
1: halving, yeah.
0: And, you know, <clears throat> I think that, Probably quite a bit of that got priced in early in, but you know, combining the two together, it's nice. I think that the ETF is much more important. Is my 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 mm-hmm. take here? Yeah, because it's actual like demonstrable activity that directly in in improves price action. Right, it's like yeah. this actual buying activity versus you know, we, we think this is going to improve the long-term economics of Bitcoin through the halving and that will create buying activities to This is indirect, right? So I think that's like a key piece, but I, I feel very optimistic that it's going to be very positive. And the final thing to talk about on the ETFs as well is something that I think really kicked off this wider rally is last week, BlackRock registered their a corporate entity in Delaware called iShares Ethereum Trust which is usually a precursor to filing a spot ETF. And yesterday, BlackRock officially filed their S1 application for a spot Ether ETF. That, you know, I I think I talked about this being kind of the the thing that I believe would happen earlier in the year. You know, once we had a Bitcoin spot ETF, ETH would be the next thing. I did not anticipate this happening this quickly. Um, so, you know, I, I, imagine more, uh, big funds are going to follow in the coming days and weeks, uh, in, in BlackRock's lead, And I am very excited about this in particular. Um, this obviously has more of a chance of not going through, but the fact that BlackRock are doing it makes me feel even better. Um, and you know, <clears throat> we, we, many people listening may have seen this, but I want to kind of call this out, right? There was also a fake xrp mm. ripple etf that, that got launched well that got speculated on the reason is someone actually made a fake filing on the delaware list company's website it showed blackrock creating the ishares xrp trust which would typically be a precursor to launching an etf xrp rallied pretty hard on it and then it was later confirmed as a hoax um it's not a great look it shouldn't really impact the other etfs uh, out there but just you know be be careful out there uh because it's worth knowing anyone can just go and file and list a corporation on the Delaware like list, you know, so that's, that's pretty easy to scam. Now we have had the ETH one confirmed. The next big, or the last thing to kind of really think about here is the, we're getting into the, I think the third deadline. Uh, So the SEC for the Bitcoin um, ETF has one last kind of opportunity to delay their decision on the the final deadline for approving or not the the bitcoin etf i think if this doesn't get approved we are we are sinking to the underworlds uh for a while but uh (laughs) let's let's not explore that one but this the the deadline for them to either approve or delay is the 15th of january next year could could see an approval before then or up to then potentially a delay that the last final deadline where this needs to either be approved or denied is the 15th of march so that is the absolute latest that we could potentially get an approval um and then we'll see a flurry of the the rest of them or well i mean we probably see on that one day like several um several of these probably four or five i think all in the same same bucket right the uh the Van Eck, the BlackRock, the Wisdom Tree, the uh the Invesco one, I think are all and Fidelity as well. They're all on that same kind of uh timeline. So very exciting coming into next year. Um <clears throat> and, and honestly, this is this is the most bullish and optimistic I've been on mid to short-term price action in, in quite a while. And I've, you know, I, I was I've been saying for quite a while, I think 2025 is gonna be a big year. I actually think 2024 now is going to be a mm-hmm. big year. Um It's
1: looking more and more like that.
0: Agreed. I think it feels great. Uh and yeah, we'll we'll see and and hopefully we start to see that we've flushed out a lot of crap over the past few years, you know, similar to when we got out through 2018-2019 <clears throat> and then I think what we're starting to see is, you know, this is like moving into what we saw in 2020 now uh, coming into next year, back in for uh, the beginning of hopefully a sustainable period. And I think there's a lot of areas of crypto where there's been a lot of investment and people building. I think real world assets are going to be a huge area. <clears throat> I know there's starting to be a bit of hype around this. Uh, there's a lot of hype right now around gaming. I don't feel so bullish about that, to be completely honest, going into next year. Um, but I think that... Uh, real World assets are going to be a big one and I think also you've got the probably a ton of airdrops coming through things like scroll ZK sync and stock uh, with their ZK roll-up uh, kind of protocols so there's a lot going on um I'm excited about it um but why don't we when don't we pause here and jump into our next story of the day where we talk about you know more more nice upward price action it's been a while people can afford us this Austin right
1: oh yeah let's do it Reddit moons have surged, you could say, to the moon. <laughs> oh, he 600. went there. He went there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Reddit moons have surged 600% as their community admins have recently plotted a plan forward for the tokens. So you'll recall about a month ago, back in October, a few episodes ago, Reddit announced that it would be sunsetting their community points program. And this was something that. I I think Matt and I were both pretty bummed about. I mean, definitely when it was announced, like it was super exciting. They weren't focusing on the technology; it was all about the utility and the usability on one of the most heavily trafficked websites on the internet. Uh, It it was a really cool and and looked to be a robust crypto based rewards program uh, using ERC twenty tokens. It was originally based on the uh, Ethereum network and then you know it got shifted around um yeah. but uh th- they they decided hey you know the regulatory environment it's not good uh can't blame them for that and also it was costing them a lot of money to build and maintain this thing in a time where you know reddit just like any other sane company is looking to tighten uh so as a result of this community points and their tokens plunged in value Uh, What were those tokens? That's not actually something that we talked about last time. There were two prominent tokens. Uh, One was called Moon. That was created to reward community contributions in the cryptocurrency subreddit. And then there was another one called Brick. (laughs) And that was was for the Fortnite Battle Royale subreddit. Um, When this news in October broke that Reddit would be sunsetting community points and thus moon and brick, uh, you know, wouldn't really have much utility or value anymore. Well, both moon and brick, you could say bricked, uh, they plunged. <laughs> over, over 80% in a day, they went down, uh, yeah. it, it was, it was a mess. Um, and it seemed, I, I think to me, it seemed like both of these were pretty doomed. Um, but at the same time, there were some pretty prominent voices in the industry calling for a a path to resolution, a a path for, you know, Reddit to maybe no longer custody and build these tokens, but for them to be phased out somewhere else. Um, And a recent update from Moon in that exact vein has come to light. The the mods of the cryptocurrency uh, subreddit have announced a plan forward, which would include a hard cap on the token supply. Mm. And after this announcement, Moon surged by over 600% from, it was hovering down around 5 cents per token, to now uh, it's at like 21 cents is where we're hanging out. But at one point it went all the way up to 35 cents. So that's a 600% surge. But yeah, even so, it is worth mentioning, the all time high back in July of this year was 58 cents. So, you know, now that we're hanging out at 21 cents, yeah, that's better than five cents, but we're still down 63%. Um, Nevertheless, uh, this is good news for people that were holding moon. And actually I I was looking um, uh, this morning and uh, brick surged as well, like about half as much as moon did but there was just sort of like i think a knock-on effect here like because there was good news for moon potentially there could be good news for brick and it's up a good percent as well right now but you know, no you, know what, you know we're
0: in you know we're in the good times when literally moderators on a subreddit simply announcing a plan <laughs> rally a token 600 <laughs> percent. it's like you know this stuff doesn't happen in the depths of the bad like like we've seen this a lot right one of the most the, the, the biggest characteristics i think of like when you're in the depths of like the bear market and like the kind of crypto winter which we have we've we've been through a few now austin uh is that <laughs> just news doesn't do anything right like you know it's like some amazing news about like a project or, or whatever it like could be really material it just doesn't even move price even bad news just doesn't even move price it's just Mm. nothing there's just no liquidity right and then you get like into this kind of period it's just like optimism hype there's liquidity Mm. in the market people are chasing stuff it's like people are looking for a chance to buy up stuff so it's it's uh yeah it's a it's a fun kind of playground and you got to play safe but it's uh it's it's crazy what a couple of weeks can do to a to the market
1: it really is. Uh, it's hey, it's a fun time. Just a couple episodes ago, we were talking about you know these these lean times, these down times, these crypto mm-hmm. winters. They're they're fun because there's no activity and you can kind of just sit there and silently stack and not (laughs) deal with any drama. And then as soon as this starts to happen, you're like, we're back
0: boys. Let's go!" (laughs) And you're like, damn, I didn't stack enough.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, Matt. It's so true. Every time this happens, that's how I feel. I'm like, why was I just, you know, dollar cost averaging this whole time? Like, why didn't I move in bigger the last time that I moved big, you know, should have remortgaged the
0: house. (laughs) <laughs> Should have remortgaged the house. <laughs> yeah. Should have dipped
1: into the four hundred one k. Anyway, um, so the the good news the good news for Moon. How did that really come about, and and what does this look like? So, um, the 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 what what the announcement led with is that the Reddit admins they will be renouncing the moons. Contract okay, and that is yeah. expected to be completed by the end of this month, which means that no new moons can be created, but the exchange listings should remain intact so you'll still be able to exchange moon, it's just they're not going to be printing more of it. So basically, moon's supply will become completely decentralized after the contract is sent to a burn address and thus nice. removed from Reddit's control. And then all moons that are held in the community tank will be burned, which will reduce the total supply of moons to just over 83 million. So effectively, Hmm. no one will have control of the contract, not Reddit, not the mod team. It's decentralized. It can still be exchanged. And it will, I was also reading, you know it's important to note it will no longer be inflationary it was an inflationary yeah. token in fact it's it's likely in the future that it could be deflationary as these burns continue to happen
0: yeah I think it's super interesting uh, it's great that reddit have kind of actually like renounced um, the, the the contract and didn't keep hold of that that would that would have kind of sucked uh, we talked a little bit about that in the last episode. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to be interested to in see how this kind of plays out and what they do with this moving forward. But um, it's nice to see these projects still exist. I will say, anyone kind of going in and speculating, play safe with with this stuff. But I I love what this community actually did. It doesn't take itself too seriously. I think uh, is is a very important point here, and was a great first foray into into rewards in the crypto space. So we'll see. When moons ETF? That's what I want to know. Austin. Oh, man. Blackrock. <laughs> Blackrock Black coming <laughs> <laughs> for moons. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, as we wait on uh, <clears throat> in anticipation of any glimmer of Blackrock news over the next few months, uh, we will make sure in the interim that we, we fill the time with more, hopefully, positive news, positive vibes. And hopefully we're going to just continue to rally. We have needed this, Austin. We've needed oh, this. So uh, enjoy it, everyone. Until,
1: just wait until SBF is behind bars. This freaking oh, yeah. podcast is going to pop off, dude. You know it.
0: <laughs> SBF ETF. That's what I want. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be coming. Fractionalized ownership of SBF behind bars. Uh, staked, staked Sam uh that'd be great (laughs) anyway i'm gonna stop (laughs) but austin i'll see you next week it's been a pleasure and uh yeah we'll, we'll hopefully be talking about the next big rally next week see you then all right see you then man